All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to a live episode. We're catching up, uh, talking LA Galaxy. So while everybody uh, tunes in, we're going to be doing, doing doing this via live stream. So we're going to have Total Galaxy uh, join us here in a second. Uh, we're going to talk all things LA Galaxy. You know, a couple things in the offseason, everything that's been going on. Uh, figured I'd do it uh, this way um, during, uh, during our Instagram, just to be a little bit more uh, connected with you guys and try to live stream it this way um and then we'll have ellie galaxy hop on what's up everybody it's been a minute i know a lot of stuff going on off season uh so i figured i you know we, we t- chop it up this way be a little bit more personable what's up jesse seeing a couple people what's up total galaxy i see in there um but yeah just hope everybody's having a good time um i know it's i know it's uh, off season we see we have the timbers and we got also um a couple other people here we got the request so as we have the Timbers and NYCFC uh, joining, uh, going to the MLS Cup final, which is interesting. Who would have thought? What's up, Total Galaxy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me pretty good? Yeah, I can hear you. Just trying to uh, fix my little thing right here. Put my hair headphones on. There we go. Yeah, man. So what you been up to? How's the, how's the offseason treating you? Pretty good. It's going by pretty quickly. I'm getting that like the next match is the beginning of February. It's pretty pretty quick, but I mean, I think I can play in the Galaxy's favor at the end of the day. You know, um, the closest thing I think of is the Lakers when they won their championship, right? Uh, they they were banged up, didn't get enough rest. So hopefully that rest the Galaxy got pays off, and hopefully they have a deep run in playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, we just talked a little bit about the MLS Cup final. Um, the Timbers, obviously, you know, they, they faced a, you know, very difficult RSL team, you know, props to RSL. They did, they did a hell of a job, but I don't know if you recall, but like the Timbers started the season off really slow. Um, this 2021 season, really slow. They had a couple of issues. A lot of people felt like maybe they were or were not going to, you know, have a successful season. There was questions about uh, head coach Gio and what he was going to do. Um, but now they're in the most cup playoffs, Sebastian Blanco, you know, you got every, everybody. So you get, you got to see how mature they are. And obviously on the other side, NYCFC, um, you know, just battle tested. It's unfortunate that, you know, Philadelphia Union didn't get what they have a full squad, but I feel like that's just the way it goes. But what, what are your thoughts on those two teams uh, making it to the final? Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, they actually had a really similar pass in the playoffs. Both teams had a home game to start. Uh, in the second game, they both upset the number one seed in the conference. They lose one of their best players, right, for Portland. They lose Sebastian Blanco with a hamstring injury, didn't play in the Western Conference final. And then in the Eastern Conference, uh, Tati Castellanos gets sent off, their leading goal scorer of the league as well. Um, he gets sent off. And then, um, you know, both teams have to go in. Obviously, NYCFC kind of had a little bit an easier route, especially with uh, the Union missing so many key players. Luckily, they advanced because for a moment there looked like the Union might pull it off since they scored the first goal at this game. And then Portland, um, I really wasn't buying the whole RSL Cinderella story, so I, I knew they would get the job done at home. And I'm pretty pumped for this final first time. Providence Park is going to hold the MLS Cup, and I, I think uh, it'll be a good way to set off Diego Valeri if the rumors and reports are true that this is his last year with the club. You know, he's definitely the best player in that club's history. So it'd be a great way to send him off. Yeah, he's definitely a legend. I know a lot of people are talking about like, you know, he's going to be the first one to get, uh, you know, get a statue uh, from the Portland Timbers. He's the first one that, that gets and he's, he rightfully deserves it too, if he's going to get it. But yeah, uh, you know, Providence Park, they're going to get an MLS Cup final. I think that's big. We know how big, uh, obviously, you know, soccer is there. And, you know, I've been wanting to go to a game there. Uh, honestly, good morning to go to a game there and see it, but I know it's definitely gonna be electrifying. Um, who do you who do you have if you if you had to pick one team? Uh, I'm going with Portland. I think the being at home, you know, the emotions running high with Larry, this being his last game, and you know, I I, I don't know if uh, Sebastian Blanco is gonna play. I know Dairon Espria maybe not even play. Uh, Santiago Moreno had an amazing game uh, for Portland, so I think he's gonna keep his spot. But I think Portland wins this. It'll be a it'll be a tough game. I think it's just gonna be like a one zero Portland win. That's usually how finals go. So that's my prediction right there. Yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm Portland. Uh, it's gonna be a close one, but I, I'm, I'm gonna give it to Portland as well. Uh, just like how mature and physical they are, and obviously being at home behind their fans. You know, we've seen how difficult they made it with RSL. Um, but yeah, 
Well, we're here to talk Galaxy, man. Let's talk some. Let's talk about the Galaxy. Obviously, uh, I want to start off with the, the farewells, right? Um, obviously, Jonathan, Jonathan Dos Santos. You wrote an article during the season. I think we all saw this coming, um, you know, because he didn't have a, a spectacular season this year. You know, he, I think he really needed to do something really big, or you know, have you know a couple assists or something. You know, be able to play throughout all these games for him to potentially come back. And even then, at his salary, I felt like that was a lot of money. Um, Obviously, we you know it happens you know a couple couple days or well, like a couple weeks after the season. But what, what were your initial thoughts? I know you wrote the article. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts now, Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, as a player, as a teammate, and how well he represented the LA Galaxy? Yeah, for starters, um, you know I kind of saw this coming from a mile away. I knew this was going to happen. The fact that it took so long uh, just for us to even know this, especially how short the offseason is. Uh, after like the first like week or two weeks of the off season for the galaxy, I was like, all right, he's not coming back. If he was coming back, they would have announced it by now. And honestly, not surprised. Jonathan Dos Santos isn't a 90 minute player in the most important role in all of, you know, soccer, right? The midfield. So I kind of saw this coming. I think Ryan Revelson is going to take that role and really, you know, run the table with it. But, uh, it's good for the galaxy when they get a DP slot and two, you know, Greg Vanny can really like, uh, decide and, and, you know, manage that DP slot. And then for Jonathan Dos Santos, I think, you know, this chapter of his career, you know, is towards the end. You know, quality player all around, for sure. But just the performances for being a DP-level player just kind of weren't there. There's rumors, you know, he might stay in MLS with the Dynamo or, you know, there'll, there'll be offers from Liga Mekis. But uh, so far, uh, it, it's not a surprise to me. And, you know, I, I think Jonathan Dos Santos still has a little bit more to play. We'll just have to see how his body treats him. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be interesting because I know there's also rumor to of Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, you know, being linked with uh, Houston Dynamo, so he may stay in MLS. Uh, that's looking like a team that could potentially pay a salary if he's gonna stay as a DP. I know you talked about Club America. To me, Club America obviously makes sense as well. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, it would be interesting if he did stay in MLS and he played for the Dynamo. Um, I mean, if you if you still if you're still trying to make that type of money, um, that that's definitely looks like the route to go. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, obviously, the other the other side of things, the GM, um, you know, uh, Dennis the close. He also um, he also you know departed. He went to Feyenoord. Fre- 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 I don't even I don't even recall how to say the name. Uh, um, Feyenoord. Feyenoord. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm terrible. I'm gonna butcher that name. Um, but yeah, he he wants to go be a CEO of the club, which is a big step from uh, where he was at. You know, as general manager. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was very surprised that the Galaxy didn't try to push a little more for him to stay or try to offer him a little more um, because I know Dennis DeClose wanted to stay and he really loved the, the, the LA Galaxy. And I know a lot of fans obviously may, may or may not want to be or may not see some of the things that Dennis DeClose did. Obviously, you know, obviously, what, what, what he was here three years, one of the years that they made it to the MLS, uh, to the playoffs. Um but he was also reconstructing a team with everything. I feel like he did the best he could, but obviously when you're at, at GM for the LA Galaxy, you, you want to be able to – you want to bring an MLS Cup. I just felt he needed a little bit more time with everything that he had gone on. But as a person, as a GM, I think he was really great uh, for, for the LA Galaxy from what they came from and from him where, where he's putting on his position, him, you know, Efrain – uh, Julian and the type of players he's done, um, you know, obviously, you know, also hiring Greg Vanny, uh, the head coach, he learned, you know, he let go of uh, GBS, uh, Guillermo Bascoloto. And now, you know, I decided this. So I, I knew he wanted to stay. Uh, I was surprised that the Galaxy didn't make more of an effort for him to stay. Um, but look, he got a better opportunity uh, out there. So uh, props to him. Uh, I know he gets to go back home. I know that's always a, a great feeling. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts, Alex? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I was, like, not surprised, but, you know, I feel like Greg Vanny, especially with the formula that worked in Toronto, right, where he basically won three trophies in a season, right, um, I, I thought having somebody else with him or somebody else, like a, a GM who's also in the say of decisions, I didn't think that was going to go well with Vanny. Not just that he's, you know, kind of stubborn and won't listen to people, but I think just in MLS right now, it works when it's just the coach and then him deciding the roster, right? Um, you see Bob Bradley, right? He had, you know, John Thornton be his GM at LAFC, and then now he's over there in Toronto. Now he has full control as he's taken uh, operations as well as a GM. So I think that Vanny's probably going to try to, you know, 
have the final say in these decisions, especially now that we're in the offseason. Um, Dakosa did do some good things for the Galaxy Academy. was great for scouting players around South America, right? We saw a lot of Argentinian players when Guillermo Barcelota was here. And, you know, he had a part in that. Um, Dakosa did some great things with the contract. He was able to get Gio De Santos' contract basically bought out, which is something that nobody thought would be possible when Zlatan was brought in. So I thought that was incredible uh, for him to do that. GM-wise, he understands the contract, he understands the league, and that was really helpful, especially uh, when you had, like, a new foreign coach like GBS who was with the Galaxy for a couple of years. So he did leave a little bit of an impact here and there. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think he'll be as missed so much, uh, really, uh, by many Galaxy fans in the future. Uh, and you make a great point. I, I just I will say the Bob Bradley situation is different from um, this situation um, because I see Bob Bradley left because the GM and, and Bob Bradley in the front office over there they weren't getting along, and it's clear by him taking the sporting directing role. I don't really see this, the 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 same situation obviously here with the LA Galaxy with Bandy and Dennis the Close. I will say it does work. It, it is a, it is something that happens here in the MLS. But look, I, I look. I'm not familiar with the Timbers. I don't think Geo head coach Gio there is running the, the the scouting department as well. I do think you need to split it up. The reason why I say why the Galaxy uh, potentially should have pushed for more, because Chris Klein, look, if we're going to be honest, Chris Klein has not done a great job as, as president or whatever his role is within the club. I felt like uh, Dennis DeClos would have been great for that, um, for moving step up. Obviously, is Chris Klein going to leave his position? Uh, I don't know. You can ask Galaxy fans. I know a lot of uh, Galaxy fans. He's been on a hot seat for the last number of years. But I felt like Dennis DeClose would have been a great soccer mind to be in that president role, be in a higher position, right? Yeah, if you want to have those decisions with Greg Vanny. But look, he let Greg Vanny bring in Kevin Cabral, right? He let Greg Vanny bring all these different type of players. But now every decision moving forward is going to go on Greg Vanny, right? And it's, I think there's also a, a dynamic as well. When you have these type of superstars, right, like uh, Chicharito and all these different type of players, you're not just the coach, but you're also like the GM and deciding their contracts. I just feel like it could get very sticky when you have these these high-caliber high players. Yeah, Toronto is one thing, but you're not having the big stars out here. And I, I do feel like there needs to be a divide. And I feel like uh, Dennis Close was great. Look, you're not going to – I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you'll find out uh, – uh, and more, you're not going to find out that much information about, you know, uh, what players are coming in here and that maybe rumors and all this stuff. But I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think you're going to get a lot of confirmations um, moving forward from, you know, what what you can potentially see for, from the LA Galaxy. Because if Greg Vanny's the head coach and he's, he's, he's trying to coach and he's trying to scout, I just feel like there's, there's, there's a lot of different things uh, that I feel like Vanny did. Uh, we have a comment here. He says, Cool. Al Galaxy Fan Talk. He says, I like Vanny's a final decision maker. Felt like DDK's GM role was hampered by GBS and Vanny, and he didn't get to fully be uh, the GM. I get, I get what you're saying. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like uh, Dennis a close learned from the from the from GBS decision. He obviously let him go in a tough decision, but also felt like he realized that, like, okay, maybe let me get a, a MLS type coach and he brings in Vanny. And I feel like that's one thing I noticed of Dennis Close is like, is he going to go back to South America? Is he going to go back to get a big name? He's like, no, let me just go within the, within the MLS. Let me get someone that is proven, understands the league because we know what DPs and all these different things. I, I feel like that was, uh, that's what makes this league very unique and very, and very difficult. But look, I want to see how Greg Vanny does uh, as, a, as a final decision maker. The only thing I will say is Kevin Cabal has not paid, played up to it because there was a, a, I remember at the time I was talking about this like a year ago, it was between Christian Pavone or moving on for Christian Pavone, right? Obviously, uh, the Galaxy moved on for Christian Pavone a year later and then went with Kevin Cabal. I still think you need to give Kevin Cabal enough time, but from this season, he can't have another season that he did for, for getting played DP money. But I, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And I think the, the French players that Greg Vanny has brought in have been great, uh, except Koulibaly. I, I think he still need to see a little bit more. But we'll see how, how it works out for the LA Galaxy because now this is a new chapter uh, for them. Anything you, you like to, you like to add, uh, uh, Alex? No, no, nothing else. Let's talk about the, um, obviously, you know, we were talking about these uh, young guys. Um, you know, we got Efra, Julian. They finally, you know, Efra, I mean, Julian finally gets his, his call up uh, to the national team with Mexico. I think we've all been wanting to see. I was surprised he didn't get called up last time. 
Um, I think this is be exciting. I, I, I'm literally looking forward to Joan Araujo starting. Um, I have I don't know who all these other young guys uh, that are right back position, but I, I would like to see Joan Araujo start because I feel like I'm, I have I don't know any uh, any of the other younger guys, but I if they've really done their scouting, I think Joan Araujo should start on Wednesday. And for you know this other side, I think uh, the Mexican national team has already seen you've seen what you can get from him. But I think this is a great opportunity for him to reestablish himself with the national team. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely very excited. Uh, looking forward to the game against Chile. I really want to see how Efrain does because the right back slot—I mean, excuse me, Julian—the right back slot is really wide open. There's some competition here and there. Chaco Rodriguez kind of fading towards the end of his career. You have Jorge Sanchez, Alan Mosa, who did really good in the Liga with uh, Pumas recently, and then you have Julian Araujo, who's you know one of the bright spots in MLS. So I think that spot is up for taking. Uh, Efrain Alvarez, though, I really need him to like get more playing time with Mexico because I think he's a really good player. He's a quality player. He's definitely talented. We've all seen that. You know, he dominated USL when he was 15, 16 years old. You know, he's still trying to work his way here in MLS. So I really think that Efrain at some point might, you know, have an actual good role with the national team being a, you know, creative player, you know, being the guy that sees the space before it's even open. So I hope he, he really has a good game. Same thing with Julian Araujo because both these players are really talented. And hopefully, because, you know, it's only one game, it's not like, He's going to rotate, you know, squads, have one squad for this game, one squad for that game. There's 23 players. So there's going to be at least a couple of players here or there that won't get playtime. And I hope that Julian and Efra both get plenty of playtime in this game on Wednesday. Yeah, I, look, if, like I said earlier, if, if uh, uh, Tata Martino and his coaching staff have done a jo- good job, I, I fully look forward to Joan Araujo starting. Efrain, we'll see, because there's, there's a lot of options in the midfield right there. But uh, Joan Araujo, I, I think he should be in the next – uh, a, a Concacaf qualifier from from Mexico because we you look we already know what Joan Rock can do, uh, guys. If you have questions, drop them down, drop them down there. He says uh, Justin says we need uh, Cam DM backup left back right back. Galaxy needs to call up Johnny Perez too. Such a talented Mexican winger. Hey, yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of talent. Let's talk about that. Uh, what do you think the the, the Galaxy should do with this option? I know you you've been posting about some of the rumors. Uh, some of that, but what are you looking for the 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 other galaxy? Obviously, we know Jonah's gone, um, Dennis Lacombe's gone, but on the field, what would you like uh, for for the other galaxy to pick up? Well, f- one thing for sure is definitely backup left backs. They both dec- they declined the option for both uh, Danny Acosta and O'Neill Fisher, so there's no backups uh, at that position. You know, uh, Jorge Villafania, you know, he dealt with injuries this last year. I don't know if he can play 30 plus games in MLS season, especially since he's on the older side. So they're going to need a backup left back. Nico Heimelainen left after his loan. Uh, right back, is Julian Araujo going to leave this season? Is he going to leave maybe, you know, in the summer and then get loaned here and, you know, go to Europe like that? Kind of like how Tejan Buchanan and Alfonso Davies did uh, in their time here in MLS. They need a backup right back in case that situation happens. Someone that they can kind of like groom and kind of get accustomed to the system that they play in. Cam is really interesting because everybody's begging for, for a cam. Everybody's begging for a number 10. But I would, really wouldn't be surprised if Greg Vanny, for some reason, just takes a gamble on Efrain Alvarez and says, okay, I'm going to put you in the starting position. I mean, Efrain, he's, he's definitely talented. We talked about him. We know he's technically gifted. And he really has a really good uh, connection with Chicharito when he plays at like that more a central midfield role. You know, if you really watch the tape, you really see that um, I think Efra had a, has had like maybe four or five assists to Chicha since he's since Chicha's been at the Galaxy. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have um, Efra kind of be that number ten, and we kind of save a DP slot for maybe another midfielder. I'm I'm not sure. Well, let's talk about that because uh, that's that's a, you bring a great point. But let's let's put it this way: this is what I think when you just said that. If if I find plays a number ten, I think like I look at the best number 10s in the league. I'm going to just throw out some names because I, I, I can't think maybe the, the people in the chat can drop some things. I look at Zell Orion. I look at Sebastian Blanco, right? Can Efrain be one of those guys? That's the question, right? And if he can't be one of those guys, then you got to get a DP. Then you got to spend that DP money to, 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 to get that. But if you agree, you're Greg Vanny and you feel like Efrain Alvarez can definitely be that number 10, that is a big risk because right now you, you have that. It definitely is that. a big risk. But, I mean, the Galaxy signed him to a U22 contract, right, the new initiative by the MLS. So they want to keep him around. And he's definitely a talented kid. 
So are you going to have that money kind of just be a, a player who's getting paid pretty well, be on the bench, or are you kind of, kind of going to risk it going and having him start? That's what I'm saying. I, I, I definitely think uh, a DP number 10 would be the way to go. But at the same time, if Vanny is like, okay, I'm going to give a chance to Efra here, I wouldn't be surprised. Because let's be honest, I wouldn't be, it would be reasonable and to see the Galaxy start Efra at the 10, right? And if things aren't going well, then once the summer transfer window opens, you know you go out and buy someone, right? You have extra scouting time to really figure. I feel out. like I feel like you 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 you're you're a step behind if you do that because if Platt, like you know because you already you have this this winter window. I like the way you're thinking, but I, I just feel like that's that's such a big risk because I wish Efrain would have showed that this season, this 2021 season. Like all right, we like we know he's technically gifted, we know he can pass, but I feel like. It's so it's so much bigger of a risk because look he's 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 trying to get on the national team and like for me I would have been like oh, look Efrain he's killing with the galaxy he has a place with the national team and he can carry that number ten I just feel like right now it's a little too much weight for Julian I mean for for Efrain Alvarez where he's at I'm not saying he can't get there but I feel like I just don't see him right now being a Sebastian Blanco a Zeller Ryan uh, you know you name you name all these number tens some of the best number tens in MLS I just feel like. That's a lot of weight right now for for Efrain Alvarez. Look, I could be wrong. He could, you know, he could have an amazing offseason, a quick turnaround. But I, I do like him uh, potentially getting, getting in there because, but I just he hasn't been able to show it for ninety minutes. You know, I think that that's that's a, that's a tricky thing with with, with Efrain Alvarez. He hasn't been. We saw look, we we all noticed saw him when he was coming up from the G two. But I was like, for whatever reason, whatever happened. When you, you came up when Slotton was here, he I just whatever reason he hasn't progressed to the level that we thought he was gonna progress to. You know, and I think and I think that's 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 the difficult thing about about uh about putting that uh, on Efrain. Um you want him to get there because I you just talked about what they did with the salary and everything and how much they pain him. But I just feel like that's that's a little too much to ask right now. Look, maybe I could read wrong, but I, I, I think I think that's a little too much. I think that you do have to go get a number ten because you have the open DP spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, Efrain, he's getting to the point of his career where like he really needs to turn it on. Like now, I'm not saying you know being trying to be dramatic about it, but you mm-hmm. know when you're a young player and you're like a fringe starter, like this year has to be the year where you either solidify yeah. yourself as that starter or you're going to be that bench player really. And I think. This year is the year for Efrain. Um, like I said, I, I don't know what the direction the Galaxy are going to go. I'm pretty sure they have names, you know, written down of who they want to acquire, who they're currently scouting, and who would fit best well there. But I, I think, I again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Galaxy start the season was an open DP slot to give Efrain that chance to really show, hey, we're giving you the keys here to be our creative player. You know, this is this is your shot right here. This is your big time shot right here because the Galaxy are definitely in win now mode for next year. Exactly, and that, that was another point I was I was gonna bring up. Look, I was like, hey, you give him the keys, but is he gonna is he gonna be able to take you to the to the playoffs and uh, have a deep run? But no, I definitely like that. He, uh, Galaxy fan talk. He says, being a World Cup year, I wonder if it'd be hard to get a proven guy as a DP who's trying to make a World Cup team. That's another factor where we're going into. We're definitely going into a World Cup year, 2022 um, World Cup. So that, I think that's also another thing to consider. We'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to that's gonna be an interesting thing. I mean, it's interesting, too, because the World Cup is basically going to be a year from now. It's going to be in the fall, winter, right? Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. what kind of players are going to want to come here? Obviously, um, the players, we, we, when you have a sense of your national team, you know when you're locked in and when you're not. So yeah. I think if a player really wants to take a risk, who's you know kind of fringe on that, on that uh, national team, I think they'll they'll definitely you know roll the dice and come over here because I think that's that not only are you gonna kind of like end this when the season ends in MLS this upcoming season it'll be like two three weeks before the World Cup so you'll already be in good form and and good fitness compared to the rest of the other leagues which are barely getting started so I think it's gonna be interesting to see kind of who comes in here I, I don't really think it's gonna be like a a really big big name DP who would come over. But I think somebody who's like on the fringe of their national team or somebody who maybe is uh, solidified on their smaller national team, you know, per se. So I, I think that's going to be something interesting to watch because the Galaxy can write down names, but it just depends if the player also wants to come here. Yeah, you make a, you make a great point. I think anybody who's a, who's a number 10 right now, whoever's in the national team outside of, you know, like Efrain, you know, we got a couple of names here, but like the number 10, by that time, I think you already know if, if, they're make, if they're on the national team roster. Um, 
let's talk about i know we had a question here guys drop drop it uh, drop it off uh oh he had it was this one first he said what do you think of the mls pro um question mark um uh so i think that's that's the new league that's going to be the the uh, um, mls is usl affiliate for the second division league or whatever you want to call it mls pro um so pretty much they're just going toe-to-toe with usl they don't want to partner with the usl they want to you know do their own thing mls which i, I guess that's what they want to do um i wonder what the usl what, what happens to the usl because you got a lot of these la galaxy twos i think timbers twos you know all these second teams and obviously they're going to go to the mls league so uh i wonder what what happened to the mls usl you know would that be looked at as a third highest you know ranking um uh, major or north american you know uh professional league or whatever but yeah it's interesting so it says mls pro in those 21 uh, clubs for inaugural season um i think it's very interesting how this is going to work it's going to happen in the 2022 year uh what what are your thoughts on this alex yeah, it's quite interesting. You know, I wasn't really expecting to get this news, but it's a cool concept, right? It'll basically be kind of like the G League or, you know, minor league, kind of how they do in other sports, right? Where it'll be kind of like a developmental league for sure. It's not going to be competing, you know, not to say very competitive, but the goal of the league is to just develop players. And the Galaxy, Galaxy 2, they've been using, you know, the USL to develop those players, right? You've had players come up like Julian Araujo, Efrain Alvarez, right? You know, players like Johnny Perez, Cameron Dunbar have played in USL to kind of develop and get consistent playing time. So I think this is interesting. Galaxy 2 will still be in USL until 2023, 20, uh, 20, uh, if I'm correct, or 2024. They'll still be in there for this. Yeah, yeah 2023. So yeah. they'll still have a little bit of time there. But I think it's an interesting concept. Obviously, USL is going to really become its own entity instead of kind of relying on these uh, de- developmental kind of teams from MLS clubs. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of turn USL goes into because that's something that um, I think USL can really blossom. But it just depends on the I th- direction. I think the opposite. I think I think I think it's the you're, all the teams in the league are leaving. You know, I think it's a straight because I know the USL has been trying to work with MLS. They've been trying to work, but MLS does wants no part in it. Uh, clearly, because they're starting the only. But I think it, this could be like the fall of the USL, or this could be like you know they're like oh the MLS can't manage two leagues and we're gonna show them how. But like yeah, you have twenty one teams and then you have. Uh, the rest of the teams, which is like in 2023, is going to be Atlanta United, Austin FC, Charlotte FC, DC United, LA Galaxy, LAFC, Nashville, uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, so, yeah, so that, I mean, it's going to be tough uh, for the USL to survive, I feel like, uh, because you have, you know, all these teams. So we'll see what happens and how this plays out because the MLS is definitely trying to have everything in house. Um, which is interesting. I wonder if, 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 if MLS teams will still consider going to uh, the USL, you know, down that pipeline. Because, you know, that may be so far down the road in 2023, 2023. Like, why would we even do that when we have everything else? But with that, also said with these minor, minor the minor league, the G League, or whatever we're going to call MLS Pro. Um, but I also want to see um, – like a transition period like you know i know uh we have galaxy 2 um how what what's what's the competition you know what's what's the competition like you know are you just playing for the first team or is there are you really competing playing in mls pro to win a championship how's how's the competition going to be you know what i'm saying like what yeah. what's that going to look like and you know what's the ultimate trophy is the ultimate trophy to, to go to galaxy one is there you know obviously i assume that but what what's like? I want to know more. Uh, I'm very interested. I'm very excited. Um, are there are there going to be more uh, MLS pro games on ESPN on ESPN Plus or whoever has the rights? I don't know. I think MLS uh, ESPN is having the rights. Um, are we going to be able to watch them on EM, uh, on the you know, on the ESPN thing? So I want to know all those different things that will potentially come come with that because I think that will be interesting. But I also think the, the MLS pro is going to be tricky to manage because. Like I'm saying now, USL knows what they're doing. MLS clearly knows what they're doing with that with the MLS, but we're going to see what happens uh, with this uh, Galaxy fan talk. He says, RIP to Las Vegas Lights <laughs> versus G2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, Logan says, USL competition is mediocre at, at bets. Uh, look, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes there's good games. I know they had the, what was it, the Orange County versus Yeah, Orange Tampa County Bay. versus Tampa Bay, yeah. I didn't Orange watch County. the final, but I knew, I knew, I saw that it was on, on ESPN. 
Um, and I think that's that, that that's interesting. Hopefully, we get better quality games on ESPN on ABC. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, the people were like people people were watching. It. I was like, dude, the quality, come on! Like, I know ESPN is not trying to. They're going to look into it, but they weren't trying to. They weren't. They're not bringing all the cameras that they bring into the SEC football. And they have the final too, so we'll see how that looks. Yeah, the yeah, final at least, this year. at least for the final, it should, it should look clear. I mean, spend spend a little money at least for the final, but we'll see. I feel like that's something that the MLS should be bargaining and and, and you know making make it a point because you know like if you're giving your rights to ESPN, you want to be be able to put the best product out there on TV as well when you're when you're watching. Um, you know, but we'll see. Logan says uh, legend Freddie Dew is on Las Vegas lights. Is he really? I did not know that. Let me check. Las Vegas lights, guys. If you have questions, uh, be sure to drop them down uh, on the on the question mark uh, little emoji thing down there. Um, let's talk about also uh, um, Sebastian Legit. Uh, I know there's an article the, the, by the Athletic that Galaxy are shopping him around. Um, I feel like this. I also kind of saw this coming, but it makes sense. Um, what are your thoughts on Sebastian Legit? Do you want him back? Or are you okay with him being gone? Um, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I think it's interesting because it's not a guarantee he's going to be traded. They're looking at options right now. And Sebastian Legette has some real value. You know, putting his performances aside, he's a domestic player. He's a midfielder. You know, he's got national team pedigree. He plays for the national team consistently. So, and he's an experienced player as well in MLS, you know. Um, I think the Galaxy can get some real value for him just alone off that and not really too much on performances as well, which is something that I think they'll probably do with Daniel Stairs if they do want to trade him because, uh, you know, he exercised like a, like a, I think it was like a, what was it, like a accomplishment or he like, there was something in his contract that he triggered and, you know, he's coming back for another year. So I think there's real trade value for Sebastian Legette. Do I think it would be in the best interest for the Galaxy to move on from him? Yes, they moved on from Jonathan Dos Santos pretty quickly. I think they're going to move on from Sebastian Legette pretty quickly. I mean, Vanny's has, what, a whole year of sample size with Legette. Legette's been seen as a very conservative player. You know, he's an older player. He's not, it's not going to be as easy to kind of remove those conservative tendencies that he has with the ball as much. The thing with Legette as well is his, you don't really know his true position sometimes. You know, when he first came to Galaxy, he kind of came as like a wide, out, a wide midfielder winger. Then, you know, he kind of converts to play as a number 10 at times. Then he's playing as a midfielder. And he's kind of just this utility player all over the place. That, yeah, I think is a, is a good, you know, to have on your club. But he shouldn't really be a starter, especially when you're trying to mold a team in a certain way. If he's constantly playing in different ways each time that the team sheet comes out, it's not going to be good for him. It's not going to be a good result. I think Vanny kind of wants to construct, reconstruct a new midfield, right? Your DP midfielder is gone. Sebastian Legend, experienced player, is gone. And I think there'll be some spending in the midfield area, which is why I'm saying, you know, if they don't spend on the, on a number 10 on a cam, I wouldn't be surprised if they spend that DP slot on another midfielder that, you know, Vanny kind of kind of likes, you know, a little bit more to his liking as well. Because I don't think he was a big fan of John Dos Santos. He kind of just inherited him. just And same thing with Legette. So I think there'll be some trade offers. I think he'll get traded for something um, in the league. I, I don't really know what player. I haven't really done any scouting on any of the other you know, players across the league. But I think they'll probably move on from him. From him. And, you know, he, he did his time here and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I don't think him and Greg Vanier are going to work just because there's a lot more at play other than just his performances. Like I mentioned, he's playing all over the place. You know, he's gone yeah. relatively most of the time since no, he's called sense. out for the national team. So that's kind of like uh, – that's kind of not really a good thing for the Galaxy if they're trying to be consistent because that's the real thing that they struggle with consistency in the team sheets. Yeah, no, I, de I definitely feel like yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of trade value uh, for Sebastian Legere. I saw Joan Araujo, he hopped in the chat. Hey, Joan, if you're on, man, I'd like to have you on. Talk about how your time with the national team is. Um, so if you're on, I'd like to have you on, brother, so we could talk a little bit about that. No pressure, no worries. But like, uh, just I wonder if you're liking the Texas food. <laughs> the Texas food, yeah Texas yeah. barbecue right so hopefully that's I think, he's, I think fun. he's a little bit more focused on uh more of, uh you know getting that first start uh you know so I wonder how because it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of younger guys uh you know with the with, with the national team so we'll, we'll see what happens uh with that but yeah let, let's continue like I, to me yeah I, I'm with you uh Sebastian Legette he has a lot of definitely a lot of trade value I also think um, this is the right time because he's still he's still involved with the U.S. men's national team. We don't know if he's going to make it to the to the to the uh, to, to Qatar. I mean, we're, we're assuming the national the, the men's national team are, are going to make it to the World Cup, but will he make it to the roster? 
we don't to the final roster. We don't know, but I think right now it is definitely the right time. He's he's probably going to have you know the most value for him being tied up with the national team. And yeah, you can definitely get you can definitely get a lot of either a lot of pieces. You get some uh, tam money or, or whatever you do. And I think it is the right time if you're not really seeing Sebastian Legette, uh in, in the near future. Um, let's also talk. I know you posted about Tyler Boyd, uh, Tyler Boyd, the 26 year old winger. Um, I know there's rumors. What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm potentially bringing him. Uh, yeah, I, I watched a couple of uh, his last couple of games in Turkey for his club. You know, trying to see what kind of van he would have liked. He's a quick player. Uh, like uh, this will be a scouting report for you guys, so you guys kind of understand who Tyler Boyd is as a player. Tyler Boyd is the kind of guy who'll go one on one. Right? He'll he's a good dribbler. He's quick. He'll use his pace to get in behind and stuff. Um, he's really the kind of winger that likes to cut inside a lot and likes to get close to goal. He struggles crossing. That's not really his strong suit. So um, if any kind of doesn't wants to eliminate that kind of crossing game or, or minimize the amount of crosses that the team puts in, then Tyler Boyd's your guy. He's not, he's not a, a good crosser, you know, playing as a midfielder compared to somebody like Samuel Grancier, who I think is probably like the best guy at crossing the balls inside of the box or the Galaxy. Um, as well, you know, he's a, he's a decent set-piece taker guy. So, you know, I don't think the Galaxy have a set-piece guy in mind. You know, other clubs they do, like, for example, Zellerayan, Reynoso, they're the set-piece guys. I feel like Efra is like the set-piece guy. Efra is a set-piece guy. Oh, uh, yeah, on, but he hasn't on. been consistent, though, when it comes. They've kind of switched between – last season they switched between Efra, you know, uh, Ravellison at times, took some, Vasquez took some at times. So I guess you can have Tyler Boyd kind of be your um, set-piece guy as well. Um but at the end of the day, Tyler Boyd really isn't a guy who's going to hold the ball. A lot of the time, he's going to be, you know, doing his off-the-ball runs uh, and trying to get in behind and score goals like that. But uh, I think it would be an interesting signing. Just I don't know if he's better than Grancier or Cabral because he's going to start – Fanny's going to start Cabral. We know that. Grancier's position really isn't solidified. I think towards the end of the year, Vanny really likes to use him off, like off the bench, and I think that's maybe Grancier's best role because he does provide that spark and energy. I was like, look, Grancier's getting paid uh, almost a million dollars. He's getting paid yeah, so, thousand. So yeah, he, so it depends uh, me, on like I like him starting. I just, uh, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring uh, Grancier off the bench. I don't know. It's too much money and Boyd. I, I haven't seen enough from Boyd. I know he had some some time with the U.S. men's national team, but maybe if he's a good option off the bench. I look. I need. I haven't done my research on Tyler Boyd. I know, I know you had just spoken about it. I need to watch more film or like some YouTube stuff about him um, to actually really gather my head around. Because uh, to me, I, I rather I, I like Grancier over Cabral, right? Because of what we saw last season. Um, Tyler Boyd, where where does he come in? You know, where what does what does that make? Where does he come in? I, I think that that'd be interesting. You know, just to add depth to the to the wingers. Um, maybe he's also because you know we don't we don't expect obviously Grand Sierra. No, they're not going to miss any time being called up to the national team. Like no disrespect, obviously, but you know I see Grand Sierra being here the the whole full time. Obviously he's healthy and stuff, but I, I think I think it's a, a very interesting uh, call up. Uh, a very interesting rumor, excuse me, a very interesting rumor, and we'll see we'll see what happens. But I, I just really like Grant Sear being the starter for this next season. Now now that we've seen that, what Grant Sear can do, I mean, Cabral, I, I think he has to be putting a lot of work this offseason. It was not, not – it was not uh, – what we saw from him, it was just disappointing, especially when he was getting paid. You know, he came with all this hype, obviously. Um, being a DP, that's what it typically is. But I, I just – I was just very disappointed in his plan. I just – I just feel maybe this is a backup. I hope it's not like a backup piece or something. Maybe this is – that's the only way my mind's thinking. Maybe this is a piece off the bench. But I haven't seen enough of, of Tyler Boyd because uh, he's a, what, in the Turkish league. I don't know. Yeah, he's he in the is. Turkish league. He is on Besiktas, but he's on loan to another club that I'm not going to pronounce their name because I, I don't know how to say it. But uh, Tyler Boyd is an interesting player. Uh, you know, he scored goals in the Turkish league, not consistently. You know, he's not like a superstar in the league, but he scored some goals. He's a decent finisher. I, I think he can, if he's on the Galaxy, I think he can kind of provide another attacking goal threat on the left or right midfield or if he plays as a winger uh, whatsoever. But I think he'll be a goal threat. Just I, I don't really think, or I think he needs to be put in the right system in order to be that goal threat. Like I mentioned, he's not really that, that good crossing guy when it comes to crossing from, you know, on, on the right, left side, uh, whichever side he plays on. So if he can kind of just, you know, get him behind the defense, be inside of the box and finish like that, then he'll be a quality player for the Galaxy. I don't know how what kind of salary he would take up. 
I don't yeah. think he would be a DP quality player, or I don't think he would get a DP contract. Maybe targeted allocation money, which is probably why they're trading Legit or hoping to trade Legit in order to give to Boy that kind of yeah, in order to get Boy that well, kind of money. Galaxy fan talk says that he, he says that his club is last on the table, which is uh, interesting. So we'll, I didn't we'll check the see. table. I just yeah. know there's some other club. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll see because definitely, yeah, you definitely want some money. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll definitely see what happens with that because I'm, I'm very interested to see. Uh, Andy in the chat, he says, did they get, did they announce Alex for the DTK job yet? I don't think we did. I don't Not think. yet. Is that news? Can you confirm or deny? No, they haven't rumors? interviewed me at all, which I kind of view a little disrespectful, <laughs> but it's okay. It's life. It's okay. It's okay. Look, if that happens, we'll, 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 sooner or later, we'll, we'll try to see if we, we can work that out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see. I'm very interested. I, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen more rumors uh, of uh, more players. Uh, for the Galaxy. Um, yeah, because you definitely want to see more defenders. Look, the season's... Uh, to me, I feel like if the season starts on February 26th, is that, I don't know I don't know when the season Yeah, I think it's February, that. Yeah, 26th. So we got to think, like, the preseason is going to start January 15th. I don't know, around there, January 20th. Like, you know, not too far away. You know, maybe I don't, I don't see... I see it starting, you know, it's the second to last week. Um of January, you know, if you want, if you want to get all these, uh, you know, preseason games, I, I forgot how many, I think Galaxy had like six preseason games last season, like uh, something like that. I was like yeah, there. I think they had like five and then one of them was like played indoors against LAFC, I remember. Uh, and nobody really knew about that game. So yeah, they had like a good amount of preseason last, games last season. Yeah, no, so I'm very interested to see what happens because if they end up do going back to Tucson, going out, out, out there, um, you know, you gotta you have to get the mix, mix, but like with this team and what you have right here, you're having Chicharito come back. He's gonna be on his final year, right? So that's that's gonna be another thing to to to, to look into is like you know what type of season uh, Chicharito could potentially have this season. You know, would you want to bring him back again as as a DP, right? Um, you know, obviously, you know Kevin Cabral going into his second year. Um, you know, Jonathan Bond, who had an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing year. Uh, he's he's gonna come back. So I feel like there's a, you know Joan Araujo. Jonah Rajo may be only here for six months or, you know, until the summer transfer world and he, he's gone. So I think it's, it's going to be very interesting what pieces are going to be moved and how Greg Vanny builds this team, um, you know, to, for, for this offseason, for obviously the World Cup, you know, because uh, if it's Jonah Rajo going to the World Cup, potentially going to the World Cup, Efrain Alvarez, Sebastian Legette, who Sebastian Legette may or may not be on this team. It's up in the air. Yeah, come. come. So, um, those are right now. Uh, O'Neill Fisher. He's not. He's not. He's not on the club anymore. They yeah, declined his the option. So yeah, realistically, those three players. Oh, two players. Two, two, and maybe it just may just be one. It may just be Efrain Alvarez that's here. Come six six months from now, you know, because if if legit, maybe you know, on this team, Jonah Rajo may be gone. Um, I think I think it's very it's very uh, possible that, that a lot of changes are going to happen. And we'll see who who's who's who are those players are going to step up, right? And I, I'm I'm really looking forward. Like, it's going to be hard to replace a player like Julian Araujo, but you have to prepare for that move, right? Whether it's the G two or or somebody that that they bring in. Um, and I also want to see what what like um, what Sega Koulibaly does because he was looking good. Sega Koulibaly was looking good initially, but you know he he had he regressed so bad. So I want to see what he does. Uh, moving forward, is there any player you're looking at? Like, okay, maybe this year they can, they can have a, they can have a successful year, or or who who are you looking forward to this next season? Uh, you mentioned Sega Koulibaly, right? You know, a player that I, I thought was was pretty good uh, last year, but you know, it depends how he does because center back two slot is, is wide open. We know Derek Williams definitely center back number one. Um, I don't know who center back number two is. Are they going to go with Nick Depew again, who did really good towards the end of the year? Are they going to give Sega Koulibaly, you know, that chance again? You know, as well, young players like Marcus Fakranis and, you know, Jalen Neal, maybe they get a shot as well. Jalen Neal did represent uh, the under-17 team for the USA recently. So that's, you know, a big thing on Jalen Neal's resume. Another player as well that I really want to see is Ryan Revelison really given that freedom in the midfield. We saw what he could do. He he had a stretch where I think he had like a goal in mm. four or five straight games. Yeah, Ryan. And he was really good. He was bossing around the midfield. And this is at the time when both Jonathan Dos Santos and Sebastian Legette were gone on Gold Cup duties. He was doing that while they were gone. And now if potentially both players are gone from the Galaxy by the time the 2022 season starts, I think we see a completely different player than we saw towards the end of the year because he felt really uncomfortable in midfield. And I think it was clogged up, especially having to play next to Jonathan Dos Santos. 
So I think he's a player that might have another standout year and really make a name for himself in MLS. I agree. I think, I think, yeah, that, that was another name, uh, Ryan. He's going to, he's going to be huge. Uh, you know, well, he's, he's going to, man, he, I remember, I still remember seeing that bicycle kick. I, I was at the game and I couldn't believe he, he just had, had the, the I had the, the perfect view from that. Oh man, yeah, that was amazing. Watch. Just, like, just to have the confidence just to do that. I was like, man, this dude's a baller. He, he's already doing like bicycle kicks as a defender. I think he had like four or five, four or five goals in the first couple of games. I was like, oh man, but obviously uh, things ended up going uh, he didn't. He didn't keep up with the goals. No, no, that I expect him to. But I think, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. How uh, you know, it's gonna be positive for him. You know, now that Jonah's not gonna be there, he's gonna have those minutes. He's gonna be able to take up that that number eight role down there, and you know, be able to be who he is. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, guys, if you guys have any questions, drop them in. If if not, we're probably gonna end this here pretty soon. Um, anything you'd like to add, um, uh, Alex? Because obviously, you know, it's, it's the off season. It's been kind of. It's been kind of chill. It's been good to not, uh, you know, do uh, uh, to, to to have some time off, at least for me. It was, it was good. To, I don't know about you. How, how's the off season been treating you? Yeah, it's been cool. Concentrating on school's final week, finals week this week, so kind of been working on that lately and stuff. So um, been pretty quiet off season. I think it's there's gonna be a time where it really heats up, especially when the DP, whoever it may be, gets announced. So I think that um, it's gonna it's quiet right now, but sooner or later it's gonna be a storm weathering. Yeah, I see Adam Saldana in there. What's up, Adam? Um, yeah, I mean, Adam Saldana is another, another piece that, you know, we saw him. Uh, I definitely feel he had like a really he, good preseason last yeah. year. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel him. See, he can definitely uh, grow this year with another year of MLS under his belt. Um, you know, I'd like to see his progression and what he can do with the Galaxy. Uh, uh, Talk. he says, y'all think Ryan is more of an 8 or a 6? I'd like to see him at an 8 with the right pieces. Yeah, I see him more as an 8, to be honest with you. But uh, he he definitely he definitely could play that the number six role. Um, I think he's uh, more of a six, to be honest. Because I know with Madagascar, at times he played like as a center back, and usually the six is the defensive guy, you know, the destroyer, the midfielder, right there. I, I think Ryan plays well like that, and you know, him kind of controlling that defensive midfield by himself, and not having let's say another midfielder like kind of Jonathan Dos Santos kind of did last year when they would both kind of share that role. Um, I think he excels like that himself because. Julian Rajo is going to get forward. We know that. You know, whoever is playing a left back is going to get forward. And there needs to be another guy for protection. And Ryan, I, you know, he's had experience playing center back for his national team. So I think he fits perfectly as a number six right now. But if he wants to go at the number eight route, he definitely has. I mean, as a goal scoring ability. We saw that for a good stretch last year. That's that's the thing. I, I would. I mean, I, I want to see. Obviously, we we can just assume here, but like, just him having that 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 scoring um, capability. Right, and we know we can do in the defensive end. I think, uh, obviously, if you have all these offensive pieces, but if you have a player like that that can get you a goal every now and then, you know why not? Um, but yeah, like yeah, if you want to have him as as a defense a defensive player as a number six, yeah, I mean, I think you, you definitely held him back. But set pieces, corner kicks, definitely have him up there because I, I really do think, uh, you know, he he could definitely come in when you uh, definitely when you again. We have another question here from uh, John, Logan Jones who says. Um, do you guys think Joe Navajo gets sold this winter or summer? I was looking like the summer. I I'll see what he would have gone. I'm looking, he's looking like he's gonna stay here to to the summer. And I think I think it, it's gonna help out Joe because um, if he's able to, you know, do a, like I think Wednesday is such a big it's such a big day for Joe. Um, I'm not trying to put pressure on him, but like I'm, I'm gonna be crying watching that game. <laughs> I think it's going to be exciting. Look, he is much needed call, but I think Wednesday is such a big moment for his career. And the reason – I know it's an exhi exhibition game and everything like this, but the reason why I say this, I'm assuming well, – I'm going to go substitute. I'm assuming Mexico is going to make the World Cup, right? I'm just, I'm just going here, I'm, even though they haven't looked good, right? But if Joe Naranjo is on that World Cup team and he's on that roster and he's getting, he's getting that, you know, and you say he goes on and he moves, I think it's just going to help his career, right, wherever he goes this summer. Or wherever, but I think I think you know it's a really good opportunity for him to this Wednesday to make the national team one way or another. He really impresses Santa Martino. He does everything you expect him to do uh, this Wednesday, and he gets that call up for for the you know for the actual World Cup qualifiers, and he does a good job there, which I think we we'll assume we will. And obviously, the Mexican national team definitely use him. I think he is the best option that they have right now, and I don't know why he's been called up, but I think uh, the summertime and he has a couple more games under his belt. He 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 really filled into his role this season he added that you know the offensive weapon of you know getting those crosses and obviously it also helps out that you have chicharito 
right there. So I think it's just gonna it's just gonna give him another six months or whatever, however time he needs to to mature and you know work out a couple kinks. He even said it. I recall saying a couple of interviews that you know Greg Vanny and the coaching staff really help him understand the game. And he has if he has another six months with Greg Vanny and the coaching staff to really understand the game, really understand his role, what what a what a right back supposed to do with his offensive capability and how he's supposed to cross the ball. So by the time he goes to Europe and you know he's getting called up within the Mexican national team, um, all these things are going to fold. But that that's why I feel like Wednesday is really a big uh, big night for him. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a big deal for him. And honestly, I think it's best for him kind of not to rush that move to Europe right now. Um, I, I've kind of been saying this with Ricardo Pepe too. I don't think right now is the perfect time for him to move to Europe. I think he still needs to prove something else. Just so he doesn't kind of, you know, no disrespect, like he doesn't end up like Bobby Wood or someone, you know, who had that adventure in Europe and really couldn't find any success. So I think Julian's going to get sold next summer for sure. I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be a similar deal to what Alfonso Davies and Tejon Buchanan had, which mm-hmm. is once they get bought, they are immediately going to be on loan with the, the with their club, the Galaxy, in the case for Tejon Buchanan. He was still on loan with the Revs until the end of the season, and then he'll come in towards the winter of 2023. So I think that's probably going to be the timeline for Julian Araujo's kind of transfer fee because we know he's going to end up going to Europe. You know, he has that talent, and there's obviously been... You know, European clubs being interested in him. I think it's going to be in the best interest of him to kind of have another year here. And, you know, I think he's kind of bought the idea. Like, this is the win now year. Like, we, MLS Cup, we can win it this 2022 season. Yeah, look, if he stays there, like I, I could also definitely see that he gets he gets uh, bought, and you know, he's long he's still on loan here to the rest of the season. That'd be a win win situation for him, for the Galaxy, and obviously the team. But I, I also think it really matters what club he goes to. You know, what I'm saying like, let's just throw out there, right? I'm just gonna throw throw out a random club. This this has no tie. Let's say he goes to Manchester United or whatever. Um, I don't know if Manchester United need a right back right now. I haven't been following them, but I I feel like. If they don't need a right back right now, and if he's just not going to get that playing time, I think it makes sense to go to maybe another club or another league where he's going to get that playing time because I feel like playing time is so crucial. Yeah, you can be, you can be on the bench on uh, Real Madrid or whatever and all this stuff, but like uh, it's not the same when you're getting that playing time. And I feel like a player with with Joe Narajo, the the things he's been doing and how he's been progressing. He's been every time he stepped on the field, every single year he's progressed. And, and the reason he's progressed because he's gotten that playing time he's, he's played. Uh, I just I just hope he doesn't go to a club where he doesn't get that playing time. Obviously, he's going to have to earn his spot. But if it's like a big, big club team and he doesn't get that playing time, I think that could potentially hinder him um, if, if he's not getting those minutes. Yeah, I remember um, uh, there was rumors about, you know, Inter Milan being interested. And for me, I was like, no, that's, that shouldn't be the move. He's going to be behind Denzel Dumfries. And he's going to be behind uh, Matteo Darmian. So... He's not going to get much playing time, and if he does, it's going to be very irregular, maybe like lowly like, uh, cup tournaments, right? The Copa Italia, I think that's what it is mm-hmm. in Serie A. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping he stays another year here, kind of prove himself again for a second consecutive year, because I think that's big, and that's what a lot of European clubs are looking at when it comes to, like, CONCACAF South America as well. Can you prove it um, in other leagues as well? Another player, you know, I'll mention, like, Julian Alvarez for River Plate is doing really good, and he's done really good for River Plate the last two years, and he's going to get moved to Europe probably this winter, if I'm being honest. So I think it's going to be in the best interest for Julian Rajo to stay here, and also the best interest of the Galaxy to get a decent transfer fee for him, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, I think uh, he fits Bundesliga, Serie A, or La Liga. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see Bundesliga. I see Serie A. I don't know La Liga. Um, I feel like La Liga is a little bit too, uh, is the most, obviously the most technical, depending on which club he goes to. Uh, I think he that's one one area he could he could definitely improve on, um, you know, being a little bit more tactical. But look, the defense, the, the, the crossing is there. We saw it this year. Now we just got to see it again uh, this season. If it is for six months or it is for, for another final year. Um, and you know, you know, he's a guy that you know the words a badge proud, and he likes playing for the Galaxy. So definitely enjoy him, and definitely enjoy him while you can, because he's not going to be here for for much longer. Um, you know, it could definitely be the summertime, maybe maybe not, but like with the World Cup coming on, I think it's it's also very interesting. Yeah, yeah. He also says Dortmund, they love American young players. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see like a club like that, like Dortmund. They like they um, you know, any that could work. Their their right back isn't that good, so I couldn't understand them like taking a gamble there. And there's definitely going to be a chance for him at Dortmund as well. I mean, you're going to play with Erling Holland, who wouldn't want to do well for now, for now, depending if he gets sold, right? And he's still talented players at Dortmund as well. Just right now, I think for him, 
the best league to go in, you know, at his position at right back would probably be La Liga. You know, I know it's very technical driven, but they use wing backs very frequently. And that's Julian's best position as a right wing back. And I think he can really excel there. A team like Sevilla, who, you know, Jesus Navas is aging. I think he's like 35, you know, there'll be an open uh, right wing back slot there. So I think La Liga would be the best shot for him as well to develop his position and as a right wing back. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I think it, out of those three, that would be obviously the most challenging one for him initially, but we've seen him. He's, he's gotten better and better. Um, he's at the French League as well. I see Portuguese, even the Turkish League. I know, I know um, that's not one of the top ones, but yeah, any anywhere you can go out there and be seen more. That's what I'm saying. If he makes it on the national team, if he's able to make it on the national team, his stock is just going to continue to rise. Look, we we see it. We, we saw a weekend and we week out with Joy Law. We know. You ask me, he, he's a starter. For, if it was up to me, right, he'd be the starter for the Mexican national team because I've seen this kid, this kid every every single week and I know what he can do. Um, but now now the rest of the world has to see it. And I, that's why I feel like Wednesday's going to be a big night for him. He's definitely going to uh, turn some heads down in Mexico that haven't had the opportunity because everybody knows who Chicharito is and knows no Chicharito and Jonathan Santos and nobody else. <laughs> that's how it is pretty much down in Mexico. They, they, don't, know, they, don't, they don't know anybody else, so... Yeah, like I said, I definitely feel like it's a great opportunity for him um, uh, in his future. Um, anything else, guys? Anything else in the chat? Anything else you'd like to add here for the last couple of minutes? We'll go to eight. Um, I know initially I told Alex it was going to be 30 minutes, but we're like yeah. 30 minutes. We don't, have, we, don't have too much. We're, we don't have that much to talk about. It's the off season. Well, we well here we are, one hour conversation. Yeah, here we are, one hour later uh, talking about that. But, yeah, you know what's crazy? Seeing how RSL got in and not the Galaxy, and I don't want to say I don't want to say that that could have potentially been the Galaxy because I don't I don't want to say that, but it just made it made me wonder. I'm like, dang, and that well, they they went well, they were seventh seed, right? The Galaxy or RSL was seventh seed, um, and it made it that far. And I think I, to me, I was like, man, anything can really happen. They got high, and I was like. Could that could that have been the galaxy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to think about if you're yeah. a fan and as a player as well. He said, uh, "Sup Sosa says, do you think Cabral will improve? Because honestly, he doesn't do much. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, he has to. He has to improve. You're getting paid one point whatever. I forgot. You're getting paid over a million dollars. He has to. He has to improve. It's a what's a five year deal. He's going into his second year of that five year deal." He has to improve, man. He whatever it was, I don't know. Like I said this, I said this earlier in the season. If I was Kevin Cabral, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be uh, Chicharito's uh, roommate this off season. Like, just getting that mentality under my wing, and you know, just just spending as much time because you've seen what Chicharito went through with the Galaxy, and obviously the season he had uh, outside of the injury, but. I feel like he has to do something like that. Like, you know, get get that mentality in there. Like, you know, because he was very timid. And I think the biggest thing that I didn't like about our, our Kevin Cabral was his body language. I didn't very like Very passive player on the very page, passive. really. Um, yeah, for me, I think the successful season for Kevin Cabral would be at least 15 goal involvements. Goals plus assists, I think. I don't think he's going to be scoring you know, the same amount of goals as Chicharito is. But I definitely want to see him get involved in creating things as well as a winger. You know, he's got the pace. You know, he's got the dribbling. He's shown it a couple of times when he first started that he's a good with the ball at his feet. So if he's able to create some space and, you know, have other teammates come in and score goals like Chicharito, uh, I think it's going to work really well. I'm not going to ask anything crazy, like just, you know, 15 goal involvements. I, I think that's a decent amount. And as long as that's a good – that will be a way bigger stepping stone than, than last season, right? So going from maybe like what, if I'm correct, maybe eight, nine goal involvements this year to 15, 16, that's a good positive step in the right direction. Because the Galaxy invested in, in Cabral in, in the long term. They never came in and were like, okay, Cabral's going to dominate the league in Europe one and play at that level since, you know, arriving at the league. They brought him in knowing that this guy has some potential. Can we tap it in and can he put that out on the pitch? And it didn't really prove so much this year. But I think this next year is going to be essential I'm trying to see him and kind of – because he's already got his uh, feet wet in the league. He knows it's yep. a physical league now, you know. Cabral's, you know, is built, you know, like a little bit thinner, right, compared to most other players like Chicharito or even someone like Samuel Grancier, his teammate, who, you know, bodied a player uh, a couple of times throughout the league. So it, I think Cabral's going to adjust to the league next year. I think he'll bounce back. 
it's not going to be to the level of Chicharito where he's, you know, basically scoring every game. But it'll be to a level where, like, all right, he's a constant player. I can understand what the Galaxy saw when they first invested in this guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I don't I don't know. I know we have Logan here in the chase. says 10 goals and 9 assists would be a good year. I'd be like, that'd be an amazing year. I just don't see it right now. Maybe I got to see how he does in the preseason and, you know, his finishing and stuff. That I think that's what everyone would expect, 10 goals. But I think if, if he's involved um, – He's involved in goals, 15 goals and assists, you know, 15 goals, a mixture of 15 goals and assists combined. Uh, and I think that's being very conservative for a DP player. Uh, but you got you got to see, he, he has to be, to me, like what, what another thing I realized, I remembered it was like, like when Galaxy scored, like, oh, they scored because of Cabral made this pass or Cabral did this assist or, you know, he somehow, he, he just, to me, he needs to be more involved in the offensive plays. And I think that's what I want to look for before I put any number behind him because I think it's way, way, way too early to put any number for Cabral. I want to see how he does in the preseason, how the team is built and all these different things. And then I'll be like, okay, I feel like, you know, he could definitely reach this uh, or do that. But I just feel putting any number right now on Cabral, uh, it's just too, a little too early, at least for me. I think it would be one thing interesting, too, here is kind of if Vanny's going to change the formation to get the best out of his players. Like, you know, Dejan Jovalich, you're going to have to play him next to Chicha. You're going to play. Player. Yeah, you're yeah, going to have to play. He never played him. He never started him. never played him. But, I mean, I, I understand why Vanny kind of had a system in place already. He's now going to monumentally shift it. I think he went to a back five once. It worked okay, but it, it wasn't But, you know, it was crazy in the second half, you would just switch it. You'd adjust it the second half. But no, never... yeah, I – you know, yeah, I, I, I he get that. Start with it, but he would adjust with it. And I was like, just start with it and then adjust. You know. Yeah, but I mean, that's your thing as a coach. You know, sometimes it works well with the formation you are, and sometimes you don't. And you have to do those kind of adjustments here and there. But uh, I, I think the kind of formation uh, Vanny is going to want to use next year is going to be interesting. Uh, they're everybody's talking about getting a tan a cam, right? How are you going to include him in that formation if you're going to play Dejan Jovalic as well? You're going to take out a midfielder? Are you going to play a back three? Are you going to, you know, use wing backs with Julian Araujo and maybe another left back that they acquire um, in the year? So it's going to be something really interesting like to see. And, yeah, I, like I, I think... Um, was good. I just, we just didn't see enough. We didn't, Vanny didn't use him for whatever reason. I, under, I understand your point, but I, I feel like he, after that El Trafico, scoring two goals in El Trafico, to me, I feel like he, 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 earned, a, he earned a little bit more respect. To, to be playing uh, over Cabral. Like, to me, after the El Trafico, I, I'm, I was surprised he didn't get more minutes. I understand. Yeah, I understand. that was kind of dumb of Vanny. I don't know why he kind of uh, took that away from Jovalich. He was in good form that game. And then, if I'm correct, the next game after that was away to Colorado. And that's the game Chicharito came back in. I would have rather had started Dejan in that game, you know, have him maybe go to 90 minutes and then have Chicharito come back in and have Chicharito and Dejan play together to end that game, just to, you know, kind of get Dejan going, understand the league a little bit here and there. He had a great assist to Cabral in their first game against Minnesota in the year, you know, that just popped into my mind. Like, that was great. Like, you know, he can affect the game. He can – he knows the spaces. He'll pass in there. He's not going to hesitate at all. So I think uh, using Jovalich the next year is going to be really crucial to the Galaxy's success. I don't like him as a super sub. I mean, I understand yeah. he'd be a good depth piece, but at the same time, you know, you want to take advantage of the players that you have. They signed him to an under-22 contract. You know, there's only three slots of those uh, for every club in MLS, so you got to utilize those well and kind of, you know, get the most money out of that and get most production out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting because I feel like Joe Village could add so many different things. Uh, and the one thing we are talking about, what, what Cabral was missing – Jovic had all that, you know. He had a he had the mentality. He had he had the passion. He played with that. You saw you saw it on, on him. It was just unfortunate he just didn't get those minutes, and especially in the, in the, in the crucial games for whatever reason. Um, obviously the season ended, but I feel like he was definitely one. Um, fan talk says I uh, got fan talk says I want to see wing wing backs if uh, if Villafania uh, is healthy. That's a big if. He can still play well. Yeah, Villafania was, was was amazing, but when he picked up his injury, then Nico came, and then Nico was looking good, and then he wasn't Something happened good. there. Something yeah. happened. I was like, oh. I was like, Villafania, who? Nico Gatz is. And I was like, oh, no, the traffic. And I was like, oh, no, Nico, Nico ain't the guy. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I've been begging for the Galaxy to play with wing backs just to utilize Julian Araujo the best that they can. I've been begging for that all year, but – We'll see, Anna. And if you're a Galaxy fan, you know, hardcore trying to figure out what they're going to do, just ponder, like, hey, they're going to probably change formation this upcoming year. 
and change the kind of personnel and kind of maybe tactics that they use as well. If they're going to utilize wing backs, if they're going to get a, uh, a cam, a number 10, right? Are they going to play with two strikers up front? So there's a lot going on in Greg Vanny's mind and part of the coaching staff as well um, in this offseason, aside from just acquiring players, but also trying to make that fit on the pitch. Yeah, no, I didn't say I didn't say Nico as a DP. Did I say that? No, Nico's gone. Nico's gone. Nico is yeah. gone. He, Back he, to QPR in England. Yeah, he, he was on a, on a loan. Um, yeah, uh, he says uh, S. Vadjit says I want our midfield to be a server aggressive. Yeah, that's definitely our recipe for success. Uh, having a, a solid midfield. Um, I think with that, man, I think we can end it with that. Uh, you know, everybody that was in the chat, I appreciate you guys with the questions, everything. We'll definitely uh, definitely pop in and do these. Uh, every now and then, off season, probably try try to see if we could do another one, maybe next week or the week after that, or when they, or I think the week after that is Christmas, but we'll see. But uh, but yeah, Total Galaxy, I appreciate you being on, appreciate you hopping on. I know we said thirty minutes, it's way over an hour now, but hey, <laughs> that's just the way it goes, you know. Yeah, that, that's fine. I I don't mind it. Yeah. All right, man. I right, everybody appreciate you guys being on, and I'm gonna upload this on the podcast so if you guys can get to listen to it. Cool. So check it out.